The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand up comedy? You want stand up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit down comedy. It's time for Coffee with the Dog. You make me laugh. Good morning, people of Earth. It is uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, December 26, 2023, the day after Christmas. Christmas is all gone. That's always good news for me. Uh, I look forward to the day after Christmas. It is Boxing Day. It is Kwanzaa. there i just faded to black we are having uh connection problems already uh my trash guy comes on monday and if uh monday is a holiday they don't come and they don't come on tuesday so you gotta wait till thursday now holidays build up lots of trash so um i'm kind of screwed there anyway uh why did i even bring that up i don't know you folks you no doubt if you've listened to this program once or even like for a second, and maybe more than a second. Okay, five seconds, ten seconds, maybe. You know that I um, I'm pretty much of a pessimistic dude on the whole. Uh, on the whole, that is, on your whole, on my whole, on everybody's whole. But for individual humans, I try to at least remain open to hope. What the fuck am I talking about? You don't know. I don't know. But I'll get there. Believe me, a little more coffee, and I'll get there. For as long as I can remember, and this goes back long before there was an internet and algorithms that tracked what you like and what you don't like, I have been reminded about Christmas uh, Day 1914. During World War I, when the Germans and the British were in 
involved in uh, like the bloodiest war ever at that point. And they took off. They took off for Christmas Day. Now, the Pope had asked them to do that, but they rejected the Pope. They, they said, no, Pope, we're not taking it. We're, we're killing. It's what we do. We're here to kill. But at some point, the fighting stopped. And I believe it was the Germans who first offered the olive branch and said, you know, let's not kill each other today. Why don't you come over for Christmas dinner across a field of bloody death? You know, let's, let's, let's stop this insanity for a day. And so that seems to be hopeful, right? There is hope in that, in that we are capable of seeing the insanity of war. But we're just not willing to put in the energy to sustain peace. Which, it's hopeful and it's also pessimistic in the same uh, breath. Hopeful that we, we could see the insanity of war and stop killing each other. And yet, the next day comes and, yeah, might as well get back to it. We're bored. Might as well kill each other again. Yesterday, and I try to avoid the news on Christmas Day, but uh, waking up, my alarm goes immediately to Apple News. And there was peace in the Middle East for a day. Calm, an, un, an eerie calm. The fighting had seemed to cease on its own. And people weren't fighting. But today, I did check the news. And here, I'm going to read you some of the uh, top stories. Ukraine says it has uh, destroyed a Russian warship in a Crimean port. U.S. strikes Iran-backed militias in Iraq after troops wounding in drone attack. Israel airstrikes expand to southern Gaza, and it reframes focus. Armed groups uh, kill 113 people in a series of attacks across Nigeria. And on and on. So we are capable of stopping killing each other. But we don't seem to really want it. We don't want it bad enough, excuse me, to actually put any energy into peace. So you can see why I am a pessimist, but you can also see why there is a glimmer of hope. If we could just figure out how to make it last for more than one day, a day that is truly devoid of meaning. We want to think it's the birthday of Jesus Christ. It's not. And it wouldn't matter if it was. I mean, that that doesn't... That's not enough to sustain long-lasting peace. Anyway, I'm going to get off a soapbox here. It's just... Part of this thing is very troubling because it it does signal that we are capable of living and coexisting in peace. We just don't really want it bad enough. Uh, And that's a sad commentary. Now, uh, moving on to something a little less sad. At the beginning of the show, uh, can I get some coffee in here? I I found out, I think it was Willie that told me that that was Nicolas Cage from some uh, 1980s movie, maybe 1990s, I don't know. But at the end of that short piece, it says, damn good coffee and hot. Turns out, for the last three years, 
Facebook AI auto captions has been reading that completely wrong and telling people that it says something much different. It says, and I quote, damn good cock and hot, which probably explains a great deal of the audience who listens to this program. They're expecting something very different than what we deliver. And I'm not even sure what it is we deliver, but uh, damn good cock is not it. I'm certain of that. I've never seen a cock on this program. Not even once. Not even, not even for a second. And if I did, it probably wasn't hot. It was probably pretty cold. Well, we are on in the summertime, so you never know. Anyway, I just want to correct the record. The, st- uh, the show is not about damn good cock. <laughs> hot or otherwise. Although, maybe. You would think the audience would be bigger, though. If the cock was bigger, maybe the audience would be bigger. Anyway, speaking of cocks, uh, Willie's here with his new getup. Well, no. and, and uh, I serve up some damn good cock. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but <laughs> I like my chicken broiled. Good morning, my dog coffee. Now, don't you like tea? <laughs> what are we switching to tea now? We we do sell my dog tea. There's my dog T in the in the shop. I just uh, I just thought maybe you want to break it up a little bit. But go ahead. Coffee I'll... with the dog. When you put me on a show called Tea with the Dog, I'll push the tea. Well, it's all right. Okay, that's fair enough. My dog coffee. Uh, oh no, I just yeah, changed yeah. the name of the show to Tea Tea with the Dog. My uh, dog coffee. <laughs> every time someone drinks a cup of my dog coffee, an angel gets his wings. My dog coffee. Oh, I feel like you ripped that off of somewhere. Yeah, like none of the other stuff, <laughs> except for only two or three were thoughts out of my original head, and I'm pretty sure that someone had used those same words somewhere before. Wow. Um, so you guys have a good oh. holiday. Did you have a beautiful holiday with the family and and and, and... I had a great holiday? Good for you. Where's the rest of your hat? I'm Willie. The rest of the word. I know I know you just can't have the word king there. So what is it? Fucking? Cocking? <laughs> fucking? What is it? Where's the rest of it? Did it come off in the wash? It's a king nothing. Is what it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, oh, shit. Oh, shit, he oh, says. Shit right. That's funny. No, my, my wife got these uh, king and queen hats. We she, she got hats for the show. Oh, that's nice. That's why. Uh, GD, I still need your address. I'm going to send them at the same time. Though, send him a dress. Race. Send him you know, a dress. You know what size dress I even wear? <laughs> God, I hope you don't wear a dress. He By does. the way, uh, that, um, it's from The Rock. That Nicolas Cage clip is from the movie The Rock. I would not. I never even heard of that movie. Man, it's a, it's a really good movie. Matter of fact, uh, some people, there, there's, a, there's a film conspiracy theory that The Rock is actually James Bond that Sean Connery is actually playing like a version of James Bond in The Rock because he uh, plays a, a, a doesn't a, sound like a, much of a conspiracy theory to be to be honest. I mean, there's conspiracy right, theories yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, there's a theory. There's a conjecture. Yeah. yeah. Is the, the is the Rock? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Is that a prison movie? Yeah, yeah. That's the movie. Okay, where, and that's the, what. So the Rock is like an engagement ring between two inmates. No, no, no. It's uh, Ed Harris uh, leads a team of 
I guess former military people because I mean the minute they the minute they become terrorists they're kind of former military. But Ed Harris uh, leads a form of uh, some mili a military unit. They take over Al Alcatraz Island. Um, Nicholas Cage plays a chemical weapons guy, um, and uh, he's deployed to help this thing and the reason sean connery is involved in sean connery is like buried in a prison somewhere else and they basically unearth him because he's the only person who's ever escaped from alcatraz he's uh, beating women somewhere this is what yeah, sean connery's yeah, yeah. thing was Give he a little <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah i had a very strange uh day yesterday i i I think I gave myself food poisoning on uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, I, w I was just in the mood to poison myself. I was just looking for uh, and then I ended up sleeping a lot yesterday and having some very strange dreams um, and uh, illusions of grandeur I do have. But I, I was on the border of having a intellectual breakthrough on the subject of uh intelligence uh that uh i woke up thinking there's something here but i don't know what it is because i'm too stupid I, my dream state i'm a fucking genius i'm stephen hawking i'm 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 coming up with groundbreaking ideas and as soon as i wake up it's like eh, i don't know what that was then. so um I want to talk about that later. About a couple of things. Um, the one, the one is that intelligence quotient idea because IQ, intelligence quotient, is the idea that we can put a number on how intelligent a person is. And I've always right. believed that every single human being, no matter how uh, brainy they might seem or how really <laughs> stupid they might seem, right. has some some form of genius within them. And, yeah. and and an incredible kind of um, intelligence that uh, can't be measured or quantified in a single number. Right. I want to talk about what what happened in the dream on that note. Uh, that's nice uh, to tell all the kids. That's nice to tell every, all the kids that every last one of them was a genius in some way. We just have to find, find out and then teach them to use their superpower for good. Right. I mean, you know, really, I, I I think you're closer to it than you think, GD. I think you're trying to be funny, but that's that's. No, I'm not trying to. Look, if I was trying, trying to be funny, funny, why would I try to be funny? I don't know anything trying. about jokes. I don't know Des anything about. Comedy. Desperately trying, I think. Okay, well, it's hard for me to take you serious when you say that. I don't he know left why. out an important adjective: desperately trying to be funny. Oh my god! Yeah. I give up. I don't even try. I know. I know nothing about comedy. That's not no. true. That's not. It's never no, happened. Why did you true. say it? Then why did you say it on live on a live show in front of millions of possible potential people? Right. That's the desperation. Said it. Take it out desperation of is still there. You, you could say that all you want. The desperation is bleeding through. Uh, the desperation and trying to be funny. You notice uh, Willie has got a whole different setup there. You see that. You see, he's got a whole yeah, yeah. He, I see that's what happens to real comedians. They get oh my god, stop it. Why do you gotta do that? Why you gotta treat me that way? It's not okay. <laughs> they get real setups eventually. I, I get it. I, I understand. That's I've never claimed to be a real comedian. I I I use it as a short shorthand because most people are under you know don't under know what a humorist is. A humorist what? is 
comedian who's not funny, who doesn't know anything well, about it. Yeah. Well, throwing uh, that forensic in there sure helps. Well, I earned that forensic. I earned that forensic. I can't think of it. I'm having a senior moment now. The uh, the classic uh, American American Americana humorist, uh, Will Rogers. That's what yeah, I'm Will be. Rogers. Yeah, that, he was a good he, one. Yeah, he was but, classic. He's like classic Coke. He was desperately trying to be a comedian. Also, uh, he would just hit it in the uh, in the vernacular of humorist because he knew. I thought, he was I thought Will Rogers was a singing cowboy. That's Roy. When, right. when he wasn't doing, when oh, he wasn't Roy doing, Roy, yeah. Roy Rogers. No, no. Yeah. But Willie's right. Willie's right. It, it was Will Rogers. He was a Indian cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Rogers, I believe, was from Oklahoma. Now, this, this, I'm sorry. I'm just not very fond of Oklahoma or the people that live there. I think, I think it's the stupidest state out of uh, all the states. I think they decided at some point to put the stupid people in Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. Just, well, yeah. we only have two listeners in Oklahoma, and now probably one, because one of them is probably too stupid. Well, if they're that dumb, they don't, they don't know how to know. change the one channel. Of them, one of them can't find the unfollow button. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Can't figure out that I just insulted them. Wait, what did you say? Uh, um, he meant the other Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, you're the reason God made Oklahoma is a, a great song. Right? No, it's a terrible song. Anyway. Uh, you, I'm sorry. Have you ever seen the, the Muppets version of... The Oklahoma when they come when they mash Oklahoma with a samurai movie, uh, no. Oh, it's hilarious. I, I thought it was hilarious, but right. But okay. what do you know? Yeah, what do I? I don't know anything about comedy. <laughs> no, I know that. Uh, um, yeah, so, no, I. I, I, just, I just want you to know, I'm really sorry that that's how I said it or whatever that day. Well, how I you meant like it? That that's how you meant now. it, or that's how. Never gonna end. It's never no, going to end. No, no. You're, you're probably right about that. Ah. It, it, it's, <laughs> no, it's never going to end. This is you got to be careful about branding. Now, the other thing is, I have to be very careful with you because you're just like a fountain of misinformation that's probably going to get me banned eventually. <laughs> I was just I was relaying what my niece told me, bro. What do you want me to do? You want me to call my niece a liar? Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you, you go back, here's what you should have done. And uh, now, if, GD, you're probably not familiar with this. On uh, Christmas Eve, Willie uh, texted me this thing about the uh, kids with <laughs> with the litter boxes in the in the schoolroom for kids that identify as pets. And okay. uh, that's a myth. Three <laughs> three years ago, uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, started out by saying, I know a girl, a woman, she's a teacher here in Austin, and she's got a a, a litter box in, a in the corner of the room for kids that identify as pets. And uh, Jamie, his main guy, has debunked that immediately and said it's like a, a rumor that got started and it just it took wings of its own. And then, but uh, Rogan's response immediately was, but I saw a video. And wait a minute, hold on, let's back up here. And I, I did this a breakdown of this. He said, I have a friend who is in Austin school here locally and has this. The minute it got debunked, well, I saw a video online. Uh, wait a minute, you just said you had a friend. Now let's get to the truth here. Do you really have a friend? Yeah, does he have a friend or not? He doesn't have a friend. This is, this is human nature. I want to talk about that because every time... And I'm guilty of it, too. When you are backed into a corner as a human being, it, it, you go to anecdotal proof. 
I know somebody. I heard about oh, somebody I know locally. It's always that that situation. And and so it, it's very common to say, well, it's here in our local schools. I know it as soon as somebody says, well, that's not true. Well, it's here. I know I know a guy who knows a guy. And then it ends up being totally debunked and you kind of backed into a corner. Now, the thing I did on Rogan was pretty brutal. I was calling him a fucking liar. And because he does that again and again, I have a friend who and then it gets debunked and it comes back to. But I, I read it online. It's like, you know what? Uh, you should just come out and say that in the beginning and you, you won't feel dumb when somebody ends up debunking. Well, and so full disclosure, it, it was what my wife told me my niece said, but I can't right. imagine my niece uh, lying to you know, Maybe she is. I don't know. I don't, I don't call it lying. I call it a, a defensive. First of all, your niece probably heard that there's somebody in the school that does that because again, it's, that's how it gets spread around. It's like, oh, did you hear it in our school now? <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's how it gets presented. To well, people. I'm, yeah, I'm you curious as to whether or not it's actually like if they have them in the bathroom. Because the way my wife stated it to me, my wife stated it to me as if she was saying that they keep a litter box in the school bathrooms right, for the right, children. Right. There and is. One I would school- like to see video evidence of that. I would. I would love to see video evidence of that. Well, there is one school in Texas that keeps litter boxes. In the school, but it's not for that. Not for kids. That yeah, it could be for kids. Yeah, like I could definitely see people having no, pets in school now. That ain't that ain't the re- the reason much much darker than that. It's okay. in uh, the uh, controlled armor proof room that doesn't have plumbing in it in case some mass shooter comes in and they have yeah. to bring kindergarten kids into a, yeah. a locked Dude, room so for a long period of time. <laughs> I have uh, seen some of those like new rooms that they've created, like a like a like yeah. a cure wall or whatever. That, yeah, but they they forget out. about the they forget about the ceiling tiles. The guy like, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, but, yeah. Anyway, our guest is here. We have to um, run a commercial before we get. To, um, you guys get to meet her. I've actually uh, spoken to her on the evening program. Very funny comedian, uh, near GD, but he probably will never get to meet her because he thinks that Ron Kane is the only friend he'll ever need. So he'll probably never get out to see her. But That's nice uh, for you think that I think that Ron Kane's a friend. That's nice for oh you. God, Ron well, doesn't think I'm a friend. Well, he's probably right. No, I'm probably. just token. You're probably not a good friend. Ron has to keep at least one black guy with dreads in near in his vicinity so that he doesn't he lives in a very racist town. So he has to All right, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah. All right. Well we we need to run an air. We'll be right back. It's time to unleash your creative excellence. Dreams won't work if you don't. They never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better, and success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students, but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows, you might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through Oops. this exclusive offer for Coffee with the Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide sale for Coffee with the Dog listeners. 
save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. Let's just fade to black right here. Okay, that's good. I like that. Uh, That's good because there was a mistake there. Black screens matter. A terrible mistake there. Uh, The 70% off expired two days ago, Christmas Eve. Uh, I believe there's still 15% off exclusive offer <laughs> for coffee with the dog. I have to update that commercial. Redo that? Uh, yeah, probably have to uh, redo it in uh, some way or uh, maybe just lose them as a sponsor <laughs> uh, if they hear about that. If they get a lot of, I, you know, listen, they get flooded with, oh, I need my 70% off. People were just waiting to get their gift certificate or a check from grandma on, Chris, on Christmas so they could buy. And then all of a sudden they get all these orders of people expecting 70% off. Uh, could be trouble. Could be trouble. Anyway, Steph K is a comedian. She's been a nurser entire life. Uh, became a uh, stand-up comedian. Is doing rather well to say. And uh, I believe she has a show tonight that we're going to talk about in the Pennsylvania area, near, uh, not too far from where our friend GD uh, lives. Welcome, Steph K. Good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Looks like you were full of energy and stuff. Wait a second. We we do this. That's there better. we go. That. Wow. Doesn't yeah. matter. It it does matter. It, it shows you're important. Yeah, oh, Merry, thank yes. you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy yeah. holidays. Yeah. I see you're still in your uh, Christmas attire uh, a bit. Yep. Did you have a now do you do you still have a big family living with you? Too big. Too big. T- too big. I just got just got to celebrated our one year anniversary yesterday. And he won't move in until my kids move out. So, um, <laughs> wow, that is unusual. That's, uh, okay. that's, a, that's works, an interesting. It works. It works for us. Yeah, that's an interesting stance to take. I've not I, seen that. I like it from your perspective. I don't know so much from his, but um, if that I gives the kids a lot of power. Yeah, if I had the house and she wasn't moving in yet, no, like... you know what? It 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 works. <laughs> it works because. I have three kids that still live here pretty much. And they're all adults, 18, 20 and 26 and oh. two dogs and a cat and my jobs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's, he was in a relationship that was, he would hate me talking about this, but um, he was just with someone for a long time and stuck there and he got his own place and he's got peace. And so we spend, you know, four to five days a week together, and then he goes home. Like I can relate. Recharges his bad, and I don't hate him for it. And um, until until the kids move out, or you know, in a couple years, we're we're cool with how it is. So right. Well, um, I can it relate. Makes for I, a good I, joke. It makes for a good joke. So you know, I bet. But I, I went through similar stuff. When I finally got out of that relationship, I lived in a cabin in the woods by myself, oh. and. That's why I met my my current wife. But uh, basically, uh, that was Kevin to me. It's just this uh, piece of not having somebody I I really didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned cats and dogs. Do you, do you buy Christmas presents for cats and dogs? Well, I buy my dogs new beds every year because somehow in the year they manage to chew them up and so. Once a year, I buy them new dog beds if I need to. Oh, dog beds. That's not uh, necessary. No, no. I don't, I'm not one of those people that, like, treats their... 
I mean, I my dogs are awesome, but I don't treat them like one of my kids or you know. Like yeah, my, I was at my stepdaughter's yesterday, and she had bought gifts for yeah. for the cat and dog. It's just they wrapped and everything. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Next level shit right there. And you're right. You write the dog's name on it. No, that is that's a little. Tell her that's a little. That's a little overboard. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. But Um, does she have kids? Uh, yes. And she doesn't wrap those. Yeah, as a (laughs) thirteen-year-old. In reverse. Yeah. My my brother was talking about that because he's he's going to be thirteen next month. Her son. And he's like, well, you still got a kid you buy a toy for. I was like, at 13, uh, he goes, no, you, you buy a toy for a kid at 13. I like, remember when I was 13, he was like 20, my brother. And at that time, uh, my only concern was stealing uppers from him so I could sell them to my friends. Like, <laughs> I, there was no, I, I was not interested in toys at 13. I mean, you know, hanging out with my friends. I don't know if kids have changed much since that, but I can't imagine. Uh, be, still being a little kid at 13 even now i mean i don't know there I mean, was a, so, you, so, you had an earlier start at some of that stuff than most kids i would say like you and you and i started being kind of crazy early on like well for of, me it was it, it was not that un, uncommon because it was the hippie generation and every you know people were getting into drugs and stuff very young uh, I'm talking about well, in 1969. I was 10 years old. As I was into that stuff. So I mean, uh, anyway. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't see buying toys for 13 year olds. It's, it's, so yeah. stuff. Your dogs and cats belong to your kids, or they're yours? No, my the dogs are mine. My daughter has a cat. So, so how old is your daughter? And is she taking a kid? The reason why I'm asking is a lot of times kids move out and don't take their pets with them. Well, she got a cat. She's 19. She's um, right now she's home, but she's actually in her freshman year in college and she's in Florida. So she didn't bring the cat with her. So that's how it starts. That's how it starts. And then the next (laughs) thing you know, they got their own place, their own kids. They're like, I can't have the cat because I have a, I have my boyfriend has a dog and a dog is allergic to cats. Can you keep my cat? You know, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Yeah, but he's a cool cat because he was raised with my two dogs. Yeah, but he's not your cat. My, my husband calls him cat dog. My husband calls he like when you walk in the door, he runs to the front door like a dog would. Like he's he's a really he's a he's a cool cat. Wow. But he's still a cat, he's still annoying, but you know. Is yeah. your daughter uh talking to you? <laughs> oh, she heard she's heard that joke. She 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 gave me her her blessing. Uh- Okay, because yeah, you know, earlier in this program you said he uh, about your husband. He probably doesn't want me talking about this on because you did say some uh, some things that <laughs> about your daughter that she might not want said publicly. Well, so. I have a, the joke is formed and it's uh, it does really well, and uh, she knows about it. I told it to her, and she's like, "Okay, mom," and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so do you talk about your family a lot on when you're on, when you're doing uh, your performance? Um, for the most part, my family turning 50, being a nurse, um, you know, dumb crap they do. Um, yeah. What, so what about, so, do you think 50 is old? Uh, depends upon who you ask. Uh, that's a, that's true. Well, it was you, know you. Me? No, because yeah. I feel pretty good. I feel I don't, you know, to my yeah. kids, to my kids, I'm old. To me, 
Um, I look at other women that are 51 and there's a lot of them that are look, look like grandmothers. That you know what I mean? That then, then, then there's other 51 year olds that look fantastic. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's all relative. Elizabeth Hurley mm. is 60, I think. And she posts pictures on Instagram. She looks like like a twenty year old or something. She's always bikini shots and all this stuff. And like she doesn't look like she's aged at all. But I I I see women who are fifty and they look like my grandmother. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely like a person to person basis because like oh, some for people sure. you'd never yeah. guess them at fifty, and then other people you're just like you're only fifty. Holy fuck! Yeah. Right. <laughs> I started going through midlife crisis at 20 and then 30 and then 40. But when I got to 50, it started to change a little bit. And I started to see it as an accomplishment. Like I, I never expected to make it here. So uh, it's something to celebrate. But before that, I always feared like those, the, the zero digits coming up. It's like, oh, that means I'm officially old. 20, <laughs> 20 was officially old. Then 30 was uh, too old to make it in rock and roll. John, John Lennon's uh, favorite quote that I've, uh, don't trust anyone over 30. That thing was in the back of my head. So when I turned 30, it's like, okay, now I'm officially an adult and old person. And then 40 was just like, forget about it. That's <laughs> grandpa. And then 50, some, something happened at 50 where it, the paradigm shifted and it felt like, you know, it's okay. And now I actually lie a year ahead. I tell people like I'm 64 now, but if, if I didn't just say that and it just came out in conversation, I'd be saying I was 65. I don't know why it's like it's almost like I'm setting a that goalpost that now I have to make it to 65 because I told everybody I'm 65. <laughs> I don't yeah, because you know at your funeral they're just be like they're gonna be reading a little pamphlet and they'll be like, "What the fuck? He was only 64." That line. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're performing tonight, and you know. Well, I, guess, well, no? No, I heard you. I'm not. It's uh, the weekend. Oh, uh, weekend. Uh, where where is that? Is it local? Um, it's, uh, well, I'm in Jersey on Saturday, um, place called Reds in Carlstadt. Um, it's a, it's an offshoot of like the, uh, Meadowlands comedy club. Nice. And then Sunday I'm hosting a show in Glenside PA, which is a suburb of Philly. Glen fried. No Glenside. Oh, <laughs> it's like Glenn Fried. What the hell? Uh, that's a weird name. Um, so the, uh, you're on the eastern side of PA, then? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like mm, seven miles from the border of Jersey. Uh, so not really close to GD. He's over, uh, I guess, more farther west than you. He's in Maryland, but I know he goes to uh, shows in in PA. Oh yeah, PA. he can. That's there's a portion. Of, I don't know much. There's a portion of how close are you? I mean, you know, Ron, I don't know Ron Kane, but I know he's out west, right? GD? Um, well, he is out of the Harrisburg, York yeah. area, but he produces shows around the country when he gets in that cell. Now, Steph, what are you drinking? Is that Mind Dog Coffee? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how you answer a question. Yeah. Or you could say, no, it's Mind Dog Tea. No, well, not. it is tea. It is ah. tea. Ah. A little bit of spiked eggnog, so it's oh, nice. pretty delicious. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, we, we, are you producing your own shows, or are you uh, working with the Booker? How, what? Well, no, I'm um, I'm producing my second show in February. 
Um, got a good lineup. Uh, it's like after Valentine's Day. I did my first one last year. It was really good. This one I'm hoping will be better. Um, I don't work. I, I just really people, you know, reach out to me and ask me to do shows. Um, so I guess I work with some bookers, you know. Right. My son last night was like, "Mom, you need a, a manager," and I'm like, "I don't, I don't think I need a man. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I'm too, I'm new, and I'm new, so I don't know if it's too early to get a manager. I don't think it's or... ever too early. But that, uh, what do I know? I, I know less about comedy than GD does, and that's 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 yeah. saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but I don't think I don't. Cause, uh, this has been a sub uh, subject I've been thinking of a lot about lately. So because uh, I have. A contact with a guy, a guy who is a high-level booker, but we were thinking about, you know, sometimes it's better to wait until you got all your ducks in a row to approach them, those people, to see if they can help with your career. I don't know about that, though. It's it's one of those things where I guess that's another thing that is a very personal decision. You have to make it case by case. Well, but, I don't know if you need to be like a headliner before you can do. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a head. So. I'm not a headliner status. Um, but I'm just not sure what's the, the I think if you're not, it might even help more because listen, they, they have their headliners uh, set up. Sometimes they are, uh, pressed for finding a good feature act or opener. And that, you know, the openers, they usually go local, you know, somebody from, right. a, from the local scene, but a good feature act, uh, can be difficult to find or somebody who compliments a, a specific uh, headliner can be uh, hard to find too. So I don't know, but again, I, I, I don't know. I don't... And my, my youngest son graduates in May. So I think at that point, my, um, my, tie to, my tie to home won't <laughs> yeah. be as strong. You know what I mean? Like I could, if I wanted to start doing a little more traveling right. you know, out of the tri-state area. Now you work pretty dirty, right? Uh, uh, pretty blue, pretty. Um, here's, you know, I always had a conversation. I, my, my content is adult. I mean, I have some clean, like clean jokes where I can not say, you know, anything, but then I, like my jokes, I may say something about sex, but I'm not raunchy. I'm not, you know, I can do, I can do a whole 10 minutes without, I cannot without cursing, you know, and it, but it has to do now. I don't know what the, you know, she told me you're, you're uh, still dirty, but not like I'm not raunchy. Right. You know? I talk, it's adult content. My wife is, uh, I want to say retired now. She probably, I don't know if she, she's going to, uh, she's been, she, she left her job two months ago, uh, when her, when her father passed away, she was taking a, a grievance leave and it seems like she's now, uh, retired, but, uh, and she might go back at some point, but everybody who worked in that, the facility that she works in or worked in, uh, every nurse was a practicing stand-up comedian, stand comedian. But uh, I don't think they ever worked. It, it was a lot of dad jokes. <laughs> you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, Jackie Martling without the, without the, uh, without the dirty jokes. All, all clean, like one-liners and stuff like that. And puns and all. Well, I think a lot of medical people just deal with the stress of the job just by, you know, making jokes about, you know, yeah. by... Jokes or drinks? Yeah. Jokes or drinks, yeah. Are you still in uh, nurse, uh, an active nurse? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't quit my day job yet. I haven't quit my day job. So do you do you, uh, do you tell a lot of jokes at work? Do you, do you uh, deal with? I don't think I tell jokes. I think in just conversation, you know, I just happen to, you know, I make my patients laugh a lot, you know, yeah. and I don't think I do any jokes per se. Wow. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I have, but I, the facilities I work in and when I go to do my volunteer work, um, they are mostly nursing homes, assisted living places and that. And there are lots of, I mean, nurses spend their time set up and, and punchline telling jokes. And I hear it all the time. And it's just like, you know, it's sometimes they're, they're telling it to people who can't possibly understand the setup. They're just like shot. <laughs> And then, but they do it anyway. But it, it's a it's a difficult thing. But it seems like every every nurse I've ever met has an aspiration to be on stage or telling jokes or be, think they're funny. <laughs> oh no, I met I know a lot of nurses that are hilarious. Yeah, uh, well, I think most of them probably think that because they usually deal with people that are on drugs. Which ah. in and of itself is funny, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if you yeah, take away the the human aspect of it. It's it's hilarious. You could be on drugs and just be too too stoned out to even laugh, though. Yeah, I, that is true. That is definitely true. <laughs> um, so, uh, but you have back to back this weekend, so that that's a it, that's an unusual. Uh, you're not working that steady that you'd have back to backs all the time, right? No, that's a little. I I love it. I love it, but added to my you know my work schedule it could be a little stressful but you know the end that is my goal you know because right. i i took a i went full time with my job just for finances and uh so now i you know it is steady my manager's like steph don't go big because i need you to stay here and i'm like well that's my goal karen that's my goal right. is to, you know karen figures no, I remember 30 years ago, or almost 30 years ago, when the band I'm with now was just starting out, and none of the guys who were in, were in the band at that time had ever done it like as a live. They had all, uh, you know, settled into the workaday life, and and some of them had played in bands, but locally and all that stuff. And we had a weekend where we had six gigs from Friday night till Sunday Ooh. night. And I, I remember on Friday night, after we just finished our first one, I said, by Sunday night, you guys are going to feel like professional musicians. You're going to feel like you belong. Uh, and so there is that, that moment when you do enough work back to back where you feel like, yeah, this is where I belong. This is where I, I need to do this all, all the time. And that that once that moment kicks in, I don't think there's any escape in that. I think that's the point where everybody starts thinking, "I got to get out of the day job. I got to quit the day job and be able to do this for free." You know? Well, no, I'd life. love to. I'd I'd love to, but um, you know, because uh, it's weird. You know, if I have a, <laughs> I do, if I do have a weekend where I do a couple shows, and then I think about it, I'm like, oh, I got to go back to regular life. You know? Yeah. But uh. Yeah, that, that that moment where you've had that uh, exposure to the life, and then you go back to the day job. That that morning is generally pretty depressing. <laughs> it's like, it's and like they'll, they'll ask me to do something extra. I'm like, 
I'm a comedian. Don't you know who you talk to? <laughs> yes. I know that feeling, believe me. Uh, but it, it, I think it's a, a great uh, it's a great time when you first have that feeling that I belong and this is this is where I sh- I'm meant to be. It's uh, it's a, like a revelation, a self revelation moment. Anyway, um, so GB and King, are you guys both? Because you're both funny. Are you? I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to give GD a big head, and I know because. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Tell are me you that. guys both comedians too? I I fancy myself an entertainer, but yes, comedy is part of what I do. Wait, you fancy yourself? I do. What are you English? What is what is? I fancy myself. Well, what you talking to you, King. I think of myself as, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, you notice how fancy yeah. was far less words? <laughs> yeah, but fancy is far less, but far softer. It's, it's <laughs> kind of, Well, that's okay. Hey, listen, if there's anything about this show, it's definitely been gayed up a little bit since my involvement. <laughs> I got an itchy head today. See, I don't know if you want to say gayed up or man down. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, man down. You know, man down is even better because of the one Tuscan thing. I like that, GD. Bro. We'll uh, yeah, uh, Stefan, you didn't catch that, the one testicle thing. Willie, a uh, big part of Willie's uh, persona is he's a one-nut, he's a one-nut pony. Oh. He had okay. it removed just so he could do stand-up. <laughs> he, was trying to dis- he was trying to distinguish himself from the other comedians who had real balls. He says, no, I'm going to do it with one. Yeah. yeah. Truth is, he got it shot off in a gunfight. That's true. That's that true. is very manly. That is very manly. So you wouldn't expect a guy who got his nut shut off, no. shot off in a butt, uh, gunfight, to be saying, "A fan, I fancy myself." No, no. <laughs> totally I'm a very interesting character. But that's totally. exactly when that happens. When half your testosterone drops out, right. I'm make <laughs> up for it. fancy since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but he's managed to have like fifteen kids with the one nut. Seven, seven, wow. like seven. All right, 15. Five, five posts losing the nut. Two or we'll, we'll call it 15. We'll round up. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Round up to 15. Uh, anyway, enough about... Yeah, so, uh, so Steph, so watch yourself, because you actually could get pregnant from him just, just by standing... Just by there. talking well, to him. Not yeah, just by talking to him, you could get pregnant. <laughs> I almost, I had a miscarriage, but it was what it was his. <laughs> just talking to him. <laughs> don't, don't, wow. you mean, don't you mean you're just kidding? Oh, oh yeah. Do you do you not do you have that banner? Well, right? I didn't have the kid, so I guess I wasn't kidding. I guess, right? No, Don't you have to have the kid to be kidding? I guess. <laughs> anyway, you guys are so punny. <laughs> it's it's the morning, uh, and the morning after Christmas, and I feel a little sluggish. I, I have to admit that you know, uh, holidays uh, definitely. I don't know. And plus, I had a little bit of food poisoning that I gave myself. But generally, every holiday, it, it takes me a while to rebound. This one, when when holidays fall on Mondays, it just throws me off completely. Like, Tuesday is now Monday. It's just everything is just all. It's the wrong. trash. It's the trash. It right, throws everything right. off because you, you get used to taking your trash. And you're like, no, you don't take your trash out today. Not and it right, just messes up everything. Are you like me? Uh, panicking in the morning, like I gotta get up. I, I gotta get up at the break of dawn so I don't miss the trash man. <laughs> well, I have to put mine out at night. That's my son's job, so he know. does that at night. 
Yeah, I would never do it at night because we have too many wild animals that uh, will tear it apart no matter how secure you make it. I don't put any food. There's nothing in my trash worth eating. Uh, they, they get the scraps before I put before it becomes trash. So wow. there's nothing in there to worth eating for them. That's just nice. The bills, just throw the bills in that you're not paying this month. So you know. Right. <laughs> now, how long? How long before you take that tree down? Do you wait till little? Uh, what they call actually. We started a couple years ago. Wait, my, my birthday is the end of January. And my daughter's birthday is the end of January. So we leave it up until after our birthdays. Is it a real tree? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. By then I, like you're... Me, me, uh, I have a January birthday as well, and I wish they would have kept our tree up to celebrate. Yeah. To the celebration going, because having a January birthday, or probably even a November birthday, really kind of sucks. Having a birthday... <laughs> neighboring christmas is terrible yep. because you, your birthday is often overlooked my friends list on uh uh facebook had like 10 friends who had birthdays on christmas day that's got to yep. be weird as a kid it's got to suck yeah. like you know <laughs> I, yeah you want your christmas Fuck presents you. and your birthday presents it feels like they all get lumped together and you get kind of get shortchanged as a kid <laughs> when I when we decided to get married last year on Christmas Eve, I was he I thought that was like the real most romantic thing. And then this year, nobody gives a shit because right. like everyone's thinking about Christmas. So I just made a post on Facebook just so everybody could say that you know happy anniversary because nobody even remembered it was our anniversary. Did you have a, yeah, a yeah, big wedding? No, no, no. It was it was kind of we just planned it in a month. We just got a, a traveling pastor. Was he pregnant? No, I'm oh I'm 50. I, I no, got him. What, no, I I no him. I, I was going you never ask a woman if she's pregnant. So I was asking if he was. I know it was a shotgun. It sounds like a shotgun wedding. We no, told no, no, we no. told you he's not was pregnant. We just once we decided, I didn't really care. Nobody cared about having a big wedding. So and I was like, oh, it'd be cute on Christmas Eve. So then, you know, it just happened. It was fun. It was great. I didn't, because at my age, it's my first marriage, but I don't, I have other things in the, to worry about besides all that crap that goes along with a wedding. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, we just planned it, found somebody that could marry us. We were going to go to like just to the peace, but that was like further than the new year and, Found this person, my family, you know, I had immediate like 15 people come. It was great. Nice, personal, quick, done. Right. Now, um, your, like your, second, kid, your kids and your husband are supportive of your uh, comedy act, right? Uh, what, about oh, yeah. your, what about your extended family or people who knew you before? Uh, are they supportive? Yeah, they are. It's, it's weird. Um, a lot of people were like, they're like, they weren't surprised that I was doing it because they're like, you've always been funny. I'm like, you know, my kids think I'm, they don't think I'm funny. Of course not. My mother, she's <laughs> my mother. She's still like, are you still doing that? You know, um, are you still doing it? I'm like doing what, you know, where you get on stage and you tell jokes. I'm like, oh, yes, mom, I'm, I'm still doing it. <laughs> you she know, when you get on stage like and you she doesn't, she, and she's so, she's, she has no clue. I mean, before I started, I had no clue, but she's like, I had one joke. I haven't finished it yet about her being a racist. Cause she's my husband's black and she is 81 
So I had a joke about her being racist and she's like, do you always have to tell jokes about your family? She's like, like, I tell, she's like, I hear other comedians and she's going back to like, you know, early comedians, like her comedian. She's like, they didn't talk about their family. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they did talk about their family, but I haven't finished that joke. But she, yeah, my mother has no, my, she has no idea. Yeah. Most of everybody's, my husband's the one that encouraged me to do it. Now he kind of regrets it. Um, cause I did some jokes about him. Um, but yeah, everyone's pretty good. So now, when uh, you started doing comedy, since your husband encouraged you, did y'all have like ground rules? Like I have ground, my wife and I have ground rules when I started doing comedy. Just no, a we point of reference. Any, his, my, we never established any ground rules. Um, but, um, you know, at some point, no, no, I've made fun of pretty much everything. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, but now I kind of put those jokes to the, to the wayside to do some more mainstream, you know, cause not, not everybody wants to hear a white woman do an, uh, hear that her husband's black, you know, there's audiences that don't appreciate that. Right. So I've, so since then I've started doing some more socially acceptable yikes yikes that's i know i know that's the death of comedy i think when you have to uh, worry about what can i say yeah well it's not about what can i say it's that if i go into the um a suburban white room full of 50 and over white people the, the men, a lot of, some of the men automatically are just like, you know, right. You know, that, like, I, yeah, it's yeah. what I can't say, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, if I, if I may, that, that this is what they're thinking. Oh, she knows what a real dick looks like now. <laughs> that's, that's what they're thinking. I know I've been that guy. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So a lot of those bits I'm going to, I'm, I packed away. For, I mean, they're still there, but maybe if I get a little, you know, before, you know, I don't want to get canceled before I can make it. So, like, right. I, I, you know, if I want to go to Iowa and I want to go to Nebraska, you know. See, I, 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 I have a different opinion and, and doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong, but I think you do want to get canceled before you make it. That's <laughs> the more. I, I mean, look what Shane, look what happened to Shane Gillis. He got canceled. Exactly. Right he blew the fuck up. The world we live in, negative publicity has become so much more powerful than yeah. positive publicity. Really? It's incredible. No, uh, but so. Not if they think, not if they think, you know, I'll, I, 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 I I, I again I, menu, I, I when I first started out when I would when I first started comedy like a year and a half ago there's a venue three miles from my house who are notoriously like woke you know right. they get they're a nonprofit so they get funded so they said you know open mics no hate speech you know if you're if you have hate speech and I just completed my class at helium in philly had a five minute bit it killed sorry i know it's stupid i was new it really my my graduation was it was fan everyone cracked up 
there's a bit in there that I don't do anymore about I had an Asian ex-boyfriend named Tyrone who <laughs> grew up in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> and I mean, it was funny. It was funny. I have the audio from it. I saw the audio, but not any, you know. Did they and my them? instructor, my classmates, all, you know, it, they thought it was hilarious. But there was one part where... I say, I'm not sure how he got, how his parents got from China to Newark. You know, I said, I think maybe they asked for directions to New York and their English sucks. So they heard Newark, right. they got lost. And then I said, and I think maybe they were driving around the streets lost like the Asians do. <laughs> and I said, and they went down a road. This is going to give me, this is it. They went down a road full of stray cats and dogs. And they said, we're opening a Chinese restaurant right here. <laughs> now, I did the bit. It got a lot of laughs. I had a couple Asians come up to me after the show, and I was a little worried. And they were like, that is hilarious. <laughs> and then my my one of my best friends is an Asian, and her husband, they, they're like, Steph, do more Asian jokes, do more Asian jokes. But I did that bit at the place. And they asked me to get off stage because they said it was hate speech. Ah, uh, now yeah. you don't. Nobody knows me as a person. You know they don't know, and but they took from that that I was racist against Asian right. people. Right. And I said, but in my it was I'd been a comedian for two months at that point. Yeah. And I didn't. It was it was a stereotype joke for me, and I I love. You know, I, I, I'm not a hateful person, period. Right. So that kind of, kind of, that was a slap in my, in my new comedy face, you know? So since then, I've been a little, you know, and apparently- I get it. People, Nobody wants to be known as a hater, right? Nobody wants to, to get that label, even if you know in your heart that you're not a hateful person. If somebody has that uh, opinion of you or or- image of you or who you are a predetermined image because of you something you said it's hard to erase that they're going to think that now if they see you 10 years from now they go oh the asian hater <laughs> i mean that label labels get to stick but i do think negative publicity is that at an all it's like one of the highest commodities an entertainer can have right now is but now all the comedians like the local comedians in the area they knew who I was from that. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I'm like, I didn't do it. You know, I, I walked, I left there feeling very ashamed and I'm like, uh. but you know, whatever I was new, like I said, I was new. And so, but a lot of people knew who I was before I even, so, so I learned and I'm just trying to, you know, for right now, just, you know, not get canceled. And How, yeah. do you ever, uh, while you're performing, stop doing material and just do be in the moment funny oh yeah i do i have some bits of me doing some some crowd work that's you know not i'm not even thinking no, about crowd but work. i mean just just an off the cuff something from the audience member yeah i have yeah. some i have some i have some you know some little video clips of me just doing some you know I, i've hosted i've i host sometimes being a host you have to be able to um you know be in the moment. In the moment. Yeah. yeah. I saw uh, Dice Clay being interviewed by Howie Mandel for Howie's podcast that he does with his daughter. 
and he was talking about when they first got started. I didn't even know that uh, Howie Mandel and, and uh, Andrew Dice Clay were close friends and part of the La Jolla Comedy Store, um, you know, regulars. And they knew each other then. And Clay, Dice Clay was talking about being on stage before, before he was Andrew Dice Clay, before everybody knew the character. And he said, I was just searching for for something funny, like most comedians, I didn't have like an hour's worth of material, but I was doing an extended set and I was just set, uh, uh, searching for something that was funny. And he used a piece of Howie's act and he got off stage and Howie was there. He said, Dice, you just did, you just did my, my stuff. And he said, I know, I'm sorry. I caught myself as I was doing it, but it was too late. I was already in the bit, but he said, I was just searching for something funny, like, you know, just, trying to think of stuff that was funny and that came out of my mouth and as it did I knew I did the wrong thing I'm sorry it'll never happen again but it got me thinking about how often that happens when you're uh, in your developing stage of your comedy sure. career where you just you know forget or whether you forget the script that you have or your plan for the night and you just like standing there in the moment like what can I say now and then something comes out of your mouth that's unexpected and all that kind of stuff it's an interesting dynamic to because in, in as a musician, that never happens. I mean, you, you're never well, going to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, do you do that? You go off script? I mean, yeah, or... I can. I can, and I. The more you know, the longer I've been, I do comedy. I feel like it's it's just because I feel like up until July, I feel like I'm becoming. I'm able to become more myself on stage. Like I feel like the beginning. I was trying to present this image that wasn't me, you know, like I spoke a little bit more proper than I right. speak in, in my everyday life. And now a year and a, you know, a little year and a half, a little over a year and a half in, I feel like I can be, I'm, I'm becoming more myself, which I, which watching all like documentaries and movies about behind the scenes, it's all about be, you become you becoming yourself on stage and once right. you're there that's like what you know yeah the, not to, not to beat that dead horse that i just killed but um the dice clay thing he was talking with the bit that he stole from howie was actually a uh roses are red violets are blue joke and uh, i forget i forget how the pun it's something about uh something that's schizophrenic and so am i uh but it got a big big enough laugh that Dice Clay, that was the uh, impetus for all of his, all of the, that he became wow. later with the nursery rhymes and stuff. He said, I never realized that just telling stupid rhymes could be funny. And then doing that, I realized, and then he came up with this whole, that whole persona of telling just poems, <laughs> poem, wake up, nursery rhyme poems, whatever. All right, that's funny. I didn't yeah. know that. So, you know, by accident, you can discover who you are in, a, in, some, in some ways, you know, or it's not necessarily a contrived thing where you plan out what's my voice and all that stuff you stumble upon it and you say oh this is who i am now and this is what people are reacting to i watch a lot of those things too uh and i think there's great insights from uh louis ck that headliners only did, did you guys watch that headliners only with yeah, the, yeah yeah did you guys That's, like it because i heard some mixed mixed feedback about that one um like is it that, is that a, like a documentary or something yeah it's headliners only it was uh Chris Rock and uh, Kevin, like when they went when they did their Madison Square Garden yeah. last oh. year with uh, Dave Dave Chappelle, it was it was I thought it was good. 
I don't I, I don't look at him for uh, comedic content. Uh, I look at it for insight. So it's it's hard. Yeah. I think there were a lot of insights into mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, I think if I'm going to watch a comedy special, I'm going to watch a comedy special. If I'm going to watch a documentary like that, I'm looking for wisdom about uh, the art form and, and what, what you can take away that can apply to what you do. Right. So I'm never. So, yes, I, I did enjoy it. I, I didn't think it was like something that somebody who's not a comedy fan would ever enjoy. Somebody who's not in, uh, in or, or, or related to the business in some way. Uh, I don't think you would enjoy it at all. It'd be like, what am I? Why am I watching this? This is not funny. Uh, even though there are funny moments, of, it's just not packed full of funny. That's not what you would expect. So it's uh, like a Kevin Hart comedy routine. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> no, stop. stop. No, no. He's he's not kidding. He means every word. Uh, no, I do mean every word. I'm just meant stop. What I'm, where I'm going? Right. Because I was about to go deep into my anti-Kevin Hart rant, but I, I'm not. I'm stopping myself. I Honestly, um, I don't know enough. Here I go again, exposing myself as a guy who's culturally unhip. I have never watched a Kevin Hart comedy special, never seen him live. So, Really? I'm, yeah, I'm not like the biggest Kevin Hart fan. I mean, I've seen moments of it. I've seen uh, How YouTube How you not clips. a fan? Like, just personal? personally no it's just it, it's that there's too many people to be fans of i just it's not that i have anything against kevin hart i just haven't had uh the uh inspiration to sit down and, and watch one of his specials because every time i do watch a special it is some somebody that just remark somebody i want to either have on the show or somebody i'm interested in that moment and i'll go watch their special but i never i don't have time to sit down and watch every comedy special that's out there and uh, he's never performed in uh, in my proximity where uh i said oh i gotta go see him plus when he did perform at Foxwoods, the tickets were four hundred and eighty-five dollars. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I could go go see Doug Stanhope for forty dollars that same night, or I could go see uh, Kevin Hart for four hundred and eighty dollars. Who am I going to go see? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the forty-dollar one. <laughs> that I'm cheap that way. Yeah, practical, practical. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Louis C.K. was another one who. Um, and I, it, this is not from a documentary or something. It's from a podcast. But he was talking about um, the inclination to just try and follow the algorithm to, to, to be what's funny right now. He said, you know, I it people will say that I'm from a different era, but the era he came up with, you learn comedy by going out and see what the what people think are funny, not what a machine thinks is funny wow. or a computer. And, and he says the death of comedy in his mind is comedians trying to figure out who they are and the voice they should be presenting to the world by what the algorithm rewards them with likes and, and comments and, and views and that stuff. I think there's a lot of truth in that. I think, well, uh, go ahead. I, I would say, I would say it's more so, listen, I think the more honest you are about what your voice is, your true voice, uh, then what you find is your audience because, because, I think that too often we get, I know for me, I've gotten caught up in the idea of, I want everybody to like me. And <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really search for that anymore. I want, I want the people that are my people to like the shit out of me, to love everything I do. You know what I mean? 
And I think the only way that happens is when you find your true voice and use it. You know what I'm right. saying? No, I hear that. Uh, I agree with that. I, I mean, in all my, in, you know, in all my new comedy, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a danger in in taking that too literally. In that, I want everybody who likes me to love everything I do. The minute you don't do, it's you've right. been, anything bombs. It's like you're beating yourself up over it. Like they don't right, love right. everything I do. Well, right, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta make allowances for you know everybody's not gonna love everything. Yeah. But I think what what I mean by that is that you know the people in your audience when you do that when you're true to your voice the people that are in your audience space, you know, they're going to connect with the things you put out there, you know, not necessarily everything you put, but there's somebody else in that audience that will, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, Ian seems surprised about the 489. Well, Foxwoods casino. It, I'm maybe Kevin Hart doesn't get that. Like when he does, um, like, you know, Madison Square Garden. Away. Just I mean, he pick did out Sioux a... Falls. They were pretty spendy for Sioux Falls. I mean, they were at least 200. I know that. Right. Yeah. So I think 200 to 300 is probably the norm for, for those guys who do um, uh, amphitheaters, let's call them, or stadiums or whatever that. Right. But the casinos definitely jack up the price a little more. I think Kevin Hart is probably the highest ticket out there. Um, the thing is, and you know this goes back to whole the whole political stuff in, in for women in comedy. Nikki uh, Glazer, who was really at the top of her game at the time that I'm talking about with the Foxwood thing, she was getting thirty dollars in the same the same venue. That, wow! Yeah, thirty dollars. Yeah, uh, that's a drastic difference. I, and so that's that definitely speaks to the amount of respect that women are getting is still not getting in comedy so and that's that's unfortunate but it's still part of the reality i mean because she yeah she had a uh hbo not hbo showtime special out at the time uh and was was really killing it and just like the next night like you have kevin hart there for 480 dollars on saturday and then sunday nikki glazer for 30 bucks now the day probably makes a difference oh day of the week def definitely makes a difference yeah but i think kevin hart probably had a has a bigger name you know right than nicky yeah. blazer yeah uh so all that all that is a, uh, um but i think things are definitely changing for women i think as somebody uh, talked about the respect for women in comedy i would say at my top 10 right now i probably half women and that definitely would not have been the case uh, 10 years ago, it would have been like two women at tops in my top. But now, those top 10 lists are always difficult to kind of think about. Who's right? your favorite female comedian? Erica Rhodes. I say that pretty quickly. It comes up. Yeah, I got now I gotta look her up because I don't I don't I don't think I've ever heard of her. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that you wouldn't have heard, heard of her. Um, she works a lot. Uh, she is. She didn't start in comedy. She started as an actress uh, in her uncle Garrison Keillor's uh, Lake Wobegon uh, stuff radio show. But she's she's probably forty-ish, right? Um, right on the cusp of forty. Been doing comedy probably fifteen years. Uh, and to me, she's extremely polished. There isn't a down moment in in what in her delivery. Uh, you know, because I've. Last year, I, I'm going to 
Wednesday, we're going to have a, like a yearly recap. Last year, I went to uh, 47 comedy shows uh, oh, wow. or saw 47 comedians. And so I get to analyze and see, and almost everybody, top big name people, they all have a lull somewhere in their game. Like uh, they keep you laughing hard in the beginning, and then you hit this lull, and then they, for the best ones, have a strong close. When I saw Erica, uh, and I've seen a lot of her work, it's steady. You, you're laughing the whole time she's there. You, there is no lull. And I, I, I think, you know what, at this point, if you say, who's your favorite comedian forget you can take the uh female out of it she's 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 up there so anyway uh who are you uh, from who who do you take inspiration from well well my favorites there's no i don't um bill burr yeah love bill burr he's angry Um, but he's angry i'm gonna sound you know yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, well, Chappelle isn't. I like Dave. Chappelle's changed, right? Because he's he's getting a little more like he's going through his Carlin phase where he's thinking that he's got to lecture people on what to think mm-hmm. as like opposed Ted to just. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like we threw him into that position, or or you just naturally evolve into that position as you know, because people tend to put comedians on a pedestal and think that they're up there speaking truth and then at some point that truth becomes i don't know uh like a like a prophet in some way like we have to follow this guy he know he's got an insight into the better truth on reality or better grasp on reality than most of us listen to what he says and then we start to take it that happened to carlin and i i do think at at some point george carlin became a college professor uh rather than a comedian but he was still there was still funny but i was talking about this last week uh, there was i would laugh out on the inside but i wouldn't laugh out loud i wouldn't go to a, uh, a show and just like uproarious laugh Chappelle, when he was younger you could not go to see him without your sides hurting your face hurting from laughing and smiling the whole bit at the end of it you would need aspirin and at this point if he reaches that point two or three times in an hour just for one or two lines, I think you're fortunate. I think he has become professorial. So. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has like super long setups to what his payoffs are for sure. Right. Uh, is, is, now, is that uh, something you strive for? <laughs> it's, it, that's not something any comedian gets into, into their head that I want to reach that place where I don't really have to be funny. I could just tell my truth for an hour, and if I get four laughs, that's enough to justify the the ticket price no god that's no yeah i would and you know what that- i don't know if I, any any one particular comedian was my is inspirational i just think the ease what i like is the ease that what how they talk on stage you right. know, like how they how they seem to be themselves that's my that's my inspiration that's where i want to be not you know any person like i like some more some more is a hilarious, right. um, but like, I don't, there's nobody cause nobody's me. Right. Yeah. So, um, some people have been like, you know, you're kind of like a Roseanne Barr kind of comedian, but Does they, I don't by that, so. they mean you're like, uh, mentally unstable, unstable. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne, um, Roseanne has become a flat earther, by the way. Uh, this no, my brother, my brother's a no, flat earther. 
It's so yeah, embarrassing. No, at CPAC <laughs> last week, she gave uh, an hour speech, and she didn't get any laughs, which is oh. very but, – but it was to kids – you know, CPAC is for young Republicans, and uh, and she gave this speech to them about how the Earth is flat, and she was dead serious. She wasn't kidding. She was. It wasn't comedy. She was. Wow. So, but with Roseanne, that could be gone tomorrow. I mean, like she's Nazi one minute and then anti-Nazi the next minute. She's, you know, very schizophrenic in that way. It's um, maybe, maybe I'm not. I'm just putting this out there because I, I lost track of Roseanne Barr a long time ago. Maybe she's working on a new routine and she thought CPAC would have been like a safe place. It was like her open mic. And now that she realized the flat earth jokes aren't going to work with the young kids, she's going to try something else. So she'll try a new conspiracy to be funny with next time. Possibly, but um, uh, I don't think so. I think she she definitely be, uh, sees herself as a political uh, truth teller and a person who's going to save the world from wokeism at this point. Uh, so there's that. Uh, anyway, not to get on the whole political or and my because I'm not a big fan of Roseanne. I think she's crazy, and I think she needs help. <laughs> I think she and she has nobody in her life to say. Uh, maybe you want to calm down with the flat earth stuff. You have a uh, a friend? Did you say who's a flat earther? My my brother is a flat earther. Really. Uh, do you, uh, do you have patience for that? Oh, he's my brother. I love him, you know? But, yeah, uh, but that wasn't the question. I, of course you love you, but do you have patience for uh, – uh, do, you, uh, do you try to change the subject when that Yeah, yeah, up? yeah. We, we let him go. You know, we let him go, and then, uh, you know – then the then we have to. It's the hard. Way. It's really hard for me to keep patience with those people. I I want to uh, just get to the bottom of what's what's really bothering you. <laughs> no, because then he'll he'll pull out like graphs and charts and all the research he's done. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no. He's got a he's got a whole thing hurts that nothing. No, yeah. You know what would cure him? I. You think. know what happened? You know what it was though. He used to be. Uh, he used to. Uh, he's kind of got an addictive personality, so he went through a stage where he was addicted to Percocet. He would, you know, alcohol, cocaine, and then he, then he got on Suboxone to get off that. Got addicted to the Suboxone, and now that he's sober, well. Now that I think he's just doing, he's evolving into this, you know, introspective, you know. So I yeah. think it has to do with his evolving from all that. No, it's, it's a lot of that. And um, I think the one thing, and I don't know this for a fact, but I want, I think one thing that would change a lot of flat earthers' uh, minds is if they went to uh, the Southern Hemisphere. Because most of them, the Southern Hemisphere pre presents a huge problem them uh in terms of their logic and all that kind of stuff and the ability just to see the southern cross and not be able to see the north star once you cross the equator uh makes it that kind of blows their mind and blows the whole argument out of the water so i think if we could take all the flat earthers and just take them on a trip down to the the southern hemisphere for a weekend we could get rid of that problem and leave them there leave yeah. them there <laughs> leave them there uh now, uh, let's uh, go into the plugging stage again this weekend. Uh, the uh, Times and, and 
uh, venues for the show? Um, uh, Saturday night, New Year's Eve Eve is called Reds. Reds in Carlsat, New Jersey, which is, I guess, right down the street from what is it? MetLife Stadium. What is it? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right up the street. It's a it's an offshoot of uh, the Meadowlands Comedy um, Comedy Club. That's at nine o'clock on Saturday night, which is kind of late for you know an old person like me. But and then um, Saturday uh, Sunday night is uh, the Royal uh, the Royal Glenside in Glenside, PA, and that shows 8 to 10, and then they're doing like a, you know, an after, like a 10 to 12 party wow. for New Year's Eve. Wow. So. Uh, New Year's Eve for, for comedy. I've never been to a comedy show on New Year's Eve. I've <laughs> been to, i uh, performed a lot of music shows and basically took off the last 15 years to not do uh, New Year's Eve or about 12 years. But This is my have, first time being, this is my first time being away from the house on New Year's Eve. And right. I talk to the kids. They're like, we don't care. I'm like, fine, whatever. Right. Whatever. So are you going up before midnight or after midnight? She's doing the 8 to 10. The show is 8 to 10. Oh, that's not New Year's. Oh, that's, that's, not, never mind. No, that's not even New Year's Eve. I apologize. I apologize. I wasn't paying attention. No, I was, looking at, my, no, I was looking at my calendar and I just. He was reading Twitter. You know, Sunday, was, oh, no, Sunday that's my is, job. Sunday, eight to, Sunday is New Year's Eve, 8 to 10. Right, yeah. And then somebody told me that that's not even the great night for comedy the night yeah. before. Apparently that's, the night before is the better night for comedy, so. That's what I was thinking. That's why I just brought it up. I mean, I have never been to a comedy show on New Year's Eve. Uh, I don't know what the energy is going to be like, but I, I do think uh, what I wanted to ask you about, because uh, Northern Jersey on uh, Saturday night and then Southern Jersey on, on Sunday night, right? They're, two, they're very different cultures uh, attitudes the northern jersey people are more like new yorkers they're more uh hard i don't know i maybe i'm not because i'm thinking philly is a hard town too so uh but have have you uh done both have you performed in northern jersey and southern jersey i haven't performed in southern jersey um but i have done northern jersey i've done new york city a couple times um but to me, I don't, I don't really, my jokes are pretty much, you know, well-received, you know, talk right. about myself, make fun of myself. Um, so. Yeah, they, some they, people they, have they access. Told that, they told me that New York City, you got to be careful because there's a lot of woke people in New York City. Ah, nah. So, well, that that could be true. There's a lot of woke people in New York City. I don't know that that's necessarily true. New York is full with people of anywhere and extremes and everywhere in between. But a lot of the comedy shows are filled with tourists because it is, you know, so mm -hmm. many people right. either uh, in New York for, you know, a convention or, or vacation or whatever. A lot of tourists here. So there's that. And, and so most of the time the rooms are not, Filled with the population, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I mean, people right. not from the area. Well, not we, indigenous. They're not indigenous folk, right? I don't think. The, yeah, okay. I don't think we have indigenous. The, we got rid of the indigenous. We sent them up to Toronto. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. I, I could talk about that, but uh, yeah. So I wish you good luck with this stuff. I mean, New Year's Eve. Uh, it should be well, an apparently interesting... they had a good turnout last year, and there's an even better turnout so far. Like, 
ticket sales are higher than they were last year. So yeah, and you're ending before actual New Year, so it's not like you know people right. are, are building up that old anticip anticipation and like yeah. the big toast and all that stuff. Anyway, thank you for coming. And uh, oh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks, uh, guys. Nice to meet you. Good luck you with too. your shows this weekend. Right, thanks, thanks a lot. Bye all right, now. Bye have bye. a great day. Bye. Uh, let me change this layout here for a second. There you go. This one? Yeah, this one's better. Uh, so, yeah. So, have you guys ever performed New Year's Eve shows, comedy shows on New Year's? I have, yeah. And how did that go? Yeah. You, you want to elaborate on I was that? waiting for Willie to ask because he looked like he was thinking of something. He, he is thinking. I but think it, I, I don't think I have. That's. Um, so, what, what was your experience good, GD? <sighs> kind of. Yes Kinda. and no. Well, I was the I was the feature. I went up. I was the first comedian. I go. I went up right after midnight, and then there was a the headliner after me, and but the host by that time was so fucking trash that he was a terrible host at that point, and he was talking. He was trying to. He was. I think once midnight hit, he realized that he didn't have somebody to to have sex with that night, and he was trying to. He was going table to table looking for scraps. And was it so, Ron Kane? Oh no, no. Ron wouldn't have to look. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Yeah, Ron wouldn't have to look. I'm not just kidding. I mean he every word of it. He the man. Right. He don't have to look. Right. So and I'm not gonna mention this person because he had to he had his struggles with the substance abuse and he's trying to turn his act around. So I'm not gonna defame him by saying his name, but I'll spell it out for you. It's no. <laughs> um and he was right next to right next to the stage, right next to me. And he was so loud that even though I had a microphone, he's trying to pick up these women, and he was louder than me with a microphone. Wow. And, yeah. and I and that's the only time I've ever lost my cool on stage. Ooh, you have cool? I I did have cool, and I oh, lost it. You lost. I, it. I lost it with them. Keeps it in the dreads. And I, I I yelled. I looked at him. I said, "Man, we just shut the fuck up. They don't want to fuck you, man. Just shut the fuck up. I'm trying to do a show here." <laughs> and then I turned around and I didn't. I still had the anger. People didn't realize that that was not fake anger, you know, because they were used to me. Because the audience, because I was a feature, I had some of my people there, and they know I could do like the a roller coaster of emotions with my act. Like I'm doing like rage, but it's not real rage. It's just. But the people who know my act know that. But when I did that, they thought that that was part of my act. And I, I still did. had the rage when I turned around. I was trying to tell, I want to try to go back into GD mode. But I still had the rage from the fucker over there. And I was like, still going like, so let me try. Wow. <laughs> next, ne next time you do that, let me know so I can lower your microphone for that. <laughs> but uh, I just realized what a fucking liar I am. Um wow. Because I said we took, I took off for like 15 years of not doing New Year's Eve uh, with the band. But me and Mikey have been doing duos for, at, on New Year's Eve at Garden Grill for the last nine years. I just, because I'm in, it's in all my Facebook memories. The thing is with that though, it ends at midnight. So it doesn't feel like a New Year's Eve show. When you do it right up, the party is always after midnight on New Year's. Yeah, see, so we did the, this show was, the this comedy show started before midnight and continued until like, one you know so we went we did the, the countdown you know we did a break from the comedy did the countdown dropping balls and shit like that and then i came up and well, what then, does willie do then um <laughs> well I, I didn't know willie back then so i probably 
you know, wouldn't have. I don't know the answer to that. I, I ascend when my ball when when there's not balls dropping. I ascend. He drops ball. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So it's, I lost my call, and it took me like thirty seconds to get it. Maybe thirty thirty seconds to get it back. And the only reason why I got it when I realized it was because I made eye contact with a, a, a table, and they were just gaping, and their eyes are like, "What the." fuck is he doing and then i realized that i still had rage i was doing my material but with anger and i realized i had to stop and i looked at the audience and i apologized so that's like i i apologize for that so i i lost my cool i said i'm going to get it right back and i went back into it and then got the comedy going again got the audience laughing again well i can relate all too well uh what i had a similar moment but it was the end of my radio career my terrestrial radio career um, uh, 1990, I think it was 91. I think it was 91. Um, a friend of mine was getting married. And so I was taking off to go do his show and I had somebody subbing for me and at least for the first hour. And I was going to get to the, the studio late. What happened, Willie? You got all disconnected. I'm going to mute you while you're fixing stuff over there. Uh, cause you buzzing out anyway. Um, so I went to this wedding and I got tanked. I got drunk. Um, I split my pants on the dance floor. Uh, and that was kind of embarrassing. And that led to me drinking heavily. I went, I passed out and got a new, uh, pair of pants and came back to the wedding, but then got hammered. And I showed up at the studio and my friend was trying to sub for me, but he couldn't, he was stumbling. He was, he had never done it before and right. he thought he, he thought he could do it. And he was nervous and he was uh, freaking out. And I walk into this situation where he's got Tony Danza uh, on a phone line and the engineer couldn't put him through. And I'm drunk and I start yelling at the uh, engineer about uh, why he can't put a phone call through. And then at some point, fake rage turned into real rage and I couldn't pull it back. And I ended up with F bombs and I, uh, I was yelling fuck into the, into the microphone. <laughs> yeah. And I picked up a television monitor that was over my head in my studio room and was ready to throw it through the control room. Glass. <laughs> Everybody ran out of the studio. They'd gone. They abandoned me. The entire crew left me there except for, for my friend who was uh, subbing for me. And he said, dog, you can't do this. <laughs> Consider the alternatives here. And basically uh, talked me down off the ledge of throwing a TV. And in those days, TVs were big, heavy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But that ended my radio career. So, yeah. Rage can definitely, uh, if it gets the best of you on stage or in a, in performance, can definitely ruin your life. Yeah, I, uh, I'd, I'd lost it. And like I said, if I had not made eye contact with, I think I would have pulled. I think I would have realized it anyway because I'm generally self-aware of what I'm doing. It's just that I had so. I this guy, like I, said, I used to book me regularly. The thing is, he was starting to get to the point where his he had a comedy career, and his comedy career and my comedy career were like in going two different directions. You know, he had plateaued and was like telling the same stale material over and over and over again, and I was constantly coming up with new stuff. And it got to the point where he would, I'd be featuring and he'd, have, I'd be on my way up to the stage and he'd go look at me like, I need you to do three less minutes. I'm like, you don't tell me to do three less minutes. I'm walking up to the stage. 
no, you don't do that to me. So, and no, I don't know know if that would, that would really bother me that much. I don't know. I say that, but. Well, I didn't, I I said because he cut my, he cut my time because somebody, one of his friends showed up and he wanted to put them on. He's like, no, if they're your friend, they should respect the fact that, you know, they should understand this is a professional show. People pay money out there. You know, Honestly, okay. I would probably have a negative, uh, negative emotional reaction to that in that situation. Definitely, if, but give me a day or so to think about it, and I'll think, well, I shouldn't have. But uh, yeah. probably in that moment, I would get all butthurt by that, and would just like overreact to it. And yeah, I, well, could... I, I just—it's just that when people, like I said, I'm not—I don't do jokes. I don't do like joke, 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 joke. I do short stories with jokes in the middle of them. So when you tell me to cut out three minutes and I've got like a 15, 20 minute set, you know, and I've well rehearsed it, I've timed it out. So then See, you're- now, I don't want to understand why, because why not just make the show three minutes longer? Three minutes is not gonna kill, you know what I mean? So. Uh, why not just keep your three minutes and give the guy three minutes at the end or whatever? Or just, yeah. I just said, I don't, I, I, I don't tend to try to rationalize. I try not to, I, like I say, there's certain parts of the comedy uh, click business shit that, that just don't make sense to me. And I refuse to try to make it make sense because yeah. it's just not right. That thing where you're shaving minutes off of, of especially if it's just three, that is really baffling because, uh, like I said, no, the audience isn't going to say, "Ah, oh, man, that show was really long. It went an hour and three minutes." Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like They aren't even going to notice. That, uh, I think uh, maybe, uh, wow, look, an hour went by because an hour. There's no difference between an hour from the from the uh, right. audience perspective. There's no difference between an hour and an hour and three minutes. From a and believe me, I've done I've done ninety minute sets that have gone over by 10, 15, 20 minutes, and people were like. I didn't even know you'd gone over. Right. You know, I had to. I have to tell myself because what? I realized that some asses aren't programmed to sit in chairs for ninety minutes. Did you pull yourself out and couldn't figure out how to put yourself back in? Is that the problem? Uh, yes, no, and not exactly that. <laughs> you know, um, I think you have uh, the ability to take yourself in and out now. Um, so if not, you... not on here because I had to send myself a link today because I'm an idiot. I'm a technological idiot. I'm still trying to figure this out. But you know what I just figured out right now? What? Uh, Can you hear that? Can yeah, hear it's, that? it sounds like a really bad uh, a clapping. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, sound Yay! <laughs> oh, oh, FYI, Willie, you asked me for my address. I sent it to you in the private yes, chat. I did see that. Okay, I didn't know I if you knew how to work that with all your new equipment. I didn't know if you were. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, you didn't give me a zip code though. That's good. Uh, That's you know, good you know, you know, we don't use zip codes out here. We're so rural. Just actually, you don't even really need my address. Just say the black guy that lives in Pleasant Valley. They'll find you. You know, they would probably get to you. It probably yeah, get still to get to you. I'm going to get to say the black guy with dreads because there are three other interracial couples out here. So do you got uh, do you sing the monkey song of Pleasant Valley Sunday over and over <laughs> again out there? It, it is so bizarre because 
it's like uh, you've seen those little blue signs where it says turn your radio station to this channel for news and information. Yeah, we have that. And if you drive up there, you turn, you can hear the Pleasant Valley theme song just on that one frequency. But wow. you have to drive by there. It's it's like maybe 15 watts. It's I, not that I, long. I'm regretting this whole uh, sending Willie this whole sound effect. I'm sorry. Board. I'm sorry. Willie, my app, if you're ready, Willie, my zip code is 21158. Is it really? Yes, 21158. Wait until I figure out how to do that. Yeah. Oh, you you could do. You've always had the ability to to go a fuck yeah. It's, it's like it's it's like um it's like Wizard of Oz. The power has been with you all yeah. along. Yeah, just click your slippers. Yeah, <laughs> just click your shoes. That's right. What's that uh, noise? Do you hear that noise? I don't hear that noise. Do you hear a noise, G? Which noise? What did it sound like? Because I was doing this and I was doing this. No, it's I like know. a it's like a burr, burr, burr. oh gas. Sorry, it's in your, it's in your headphones. It. It's in your head. Um, yeah, so uh, tomorrow I don't have a guest scheduled, but I wanted to do like a uh recap of uh, what year was this 2023? Yeah. I wanted to do a, a excite recap of the year, not just from a comedy expect uh perspective, show business perspective, but all around uh important milestones and things. Um, kind of been thinking about where this show should be going, and uh, unfortunately. Um, I'm thinking more regimented, more radio-like, because I'm trying to just, uh, you know, four and a half years into doing this thing or whatever it is now, um, I want to distinguish myself from podcasts and make it more of a radio show. I definitely want to uh, appeal to Sirius XM and all that kind of stuff. I know we're on Live 365. Who knows for how much longer that will be uh, if I can pull a deal with Sirius XM or syndication and this kind of stuff. But in order to do that, I have to hit the marks more consistently for sponsors pieces. Uh, we have to have like a set format that, okay, at 9.48, we do this piece, and, and Matt just can't ramble past that and just figure somewhere in 10.15 hit the piece that was supposed to be on at 9.48. So structuring <laughs> format is probably... Uh, so we can't wait till like the show's almost over and go like, oh, we have a today in history, a uh, uh, critical joke theory, and a yeah, yeah, birthday wishes and <laughs> timings for all those pieces need to get nailed down and all that kind of stuff so that we know what to expect, how, exactly how much time is. That's this is the part of radio that really, really sucks. It's the structure part. I was going to say it sounds way less fun. Matt. It is. It is less fun. <laughs> it is less fun. But if you want to survive. In yeah, business, yeah. sometimes you have to do things that are not fun. In no order to... kidding. That is yeah. that is definitely true. Yeah. So uh, with that said, uh, you know, uh, I'm not I want to be able to um, figure out a way to keep keep the fun maximum, but still add some structure to it, because uh, I don't want to be called a podcast when there are. 10 billion people doing podcasts. Everybody and his mother has a podcast. Yeah, but I mean, you're definitely doing it different than other people already. That That's fair. Right, that's but fair I... To say. It, it's really not a podcast. It's more of a, a morning radio show. Yeah. Uh, I'll, where I was going with that, Thursday. And I think how we market it matters. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, we have a, um, a 
another chance to restate states' rights. Uh, what's his name? Dave. Dave. Yeah. What? Dave. What's Dave's last name? The, the the angry Viking, the raging Viking guy, uh, Jack uh, Decker. I, Jack Decker is going to okay. come and uh, present. Again, he called me a shock jock. If if you're going to be a shock jock and just kind of make fun of me, I don't want any part of it. I'm not. I'm trying not to be a shock jock, even though we all know I am a shock jock in a lot of ways. I don't know what a shock jock is anymore. I mean, I grew up with people like uh, somebody say penis all the time. It, was it? Uh, I mean. What's his name? Imus and 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 uh, yeah, Imus was Grease Spinelli. Grease Spinelli, yeah. who uh, and even Howard Stern is. The thing is, Howard Stern just wore off on me, so I didn't even. I wasn't even shocked by what he did anymore. Now that's what I'm saying. That's I guess that's what I mean. Yeah, I Thank think you. you're right. In, in some sense, uh, Stern took it so far that there is no shock in the jock. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex Jones is back on Twitter and I've been fucking with him a lot. Cause he's, he's posting all, you know, he's posting what Alex Jones does. But Did all- you see he's trying to get, he's trying to get his 1.5 billion lost 1.5 billion dollar settlement knocked down to like 55 million. Yeah. Well, good. You know what? If you got 55, if he's, if he's saying, well, I got 55 million to pay it off. I'm really impressed by that. Not good for him, but not good for humanity. But man, if you can make that much money that you got $55 million to pay off and get yourself out of a $188 million settlement or whatever it was, that's astonishing to have that, you know, I got that resource. It's $55 million to pay my way out of it. Yeah. That means he has money left over. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And just to be able to, to have that much money, I just want to, Pull up one of the. Uh, yeah, I'm just for the record. If I wrote you a 55 million dollar check, I'd be overdrawn by 55 million dollars. <laughs> would you? Would your <laughs> bank cash it? That's the. That's the question. Uh, well, how do I find out the things I've replied to? Oh, replies here. Uh, he says the globalists are desperate. They they believe they are going to throw. The globalists are desperate. Uh, they believe they're going. Uh, gonna throw everything that they have at humanity in the next 10 months let's list the false flags that we can already see them cooking up below uh public awareness can stop them dead in their tracks so i said the globalists put penises in alex jones can uh and he didn't like that um so i i think he's blocked me now um (laughs) but uh last thing he said uh with michael malice he said uh they're, gonna, they're working on transhumanism. I, I, I don't want uh, I don't want school kids told you got to take this brain chip, like Klaus Schwab says, to go to school. I'm all about innovation, and they lie and they say uh, you got luddites, and, and and then against technology. No, they're they're gonna try to replace humanity with these bio-transformed people, and and we're and they're just gonna make us all into robots. So I just said to him, they already put a chip in you. I know because I put it there. Sleep well. Uh, <laughs> so that's when he blocked me. So <laughs> I got I to gotta set up another Twitter account so I can follow Alex Jones. Not that I, I care about what he's saying or he's spreading to your mind. I just want to fuck with him. I just want to fuck with him. Are you familiar with the, the abbreviation for Christmas being XMAS? 
Yeah. Uh, what, what, you're worried about Twitter? Using mm -hmm. that? No. There's this platform called Nextdoor. It's supposed to be like local stuff. Right. And I've been typing Christmas so fucking much. Merry Christmas, you know, so much. You did Xmas and somebody got pissed at you. Yes, I did Xmas, and they and they I started getting the hate mail. They're like, it's not Twitter mix. It's not Twitter mix. Twitter mix. Twitterness. Twitter mix. <laughs> and and it said, "Say Merry Christmas," and I'm like, "Fuck you!" I'm tired of typing. Right. <laughs> so I went happy. I wrote Happy Christmas just to be a dick. Well, not to be a dick so much as like, you know. You do you, you realize that the the Xmas has been like around way fucking much longer than the, the Twitter miss. And where did know? that come from, really? Um Chris Cross, no Christ Cross, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not a cross. Uh now I just wanna cause Trump <laughs> Trump went on a uh rage tweeting Christmas uh bender but it was it, one of them was really funny i wanted to i wanted to read it uh can i find that but it only was doing like you know all day long rage tweeting on christmas day like the guy can't take a day off from rage tweeting but uh where's the one uh i said i, I can't find it there's too many of them uh but there was one where he's he gotten this whole thing uh I want all my enemies to rot in hell and I, oh again, Merry Christmas. But <laughs> Merry Christmas after rotten hell was one of them I, I thought was hysterical. But the but other he's one his, he's his own worst enemy. Right. Yeah. But then he says how he saved he gave us back the ability to say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Right? We weren't yeah. allowed to but then he ends it with happy holidays. I'm not even sure he, he's aware of what he. So he he saved he, Christmas for us so that we could say Merry Christmas again, and he ends the tweet with Happy Holidays. Like, did, yeah. he, did he forget what he just said? <laughs> You're assuming that he even knew what he said. I did. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's a he's just an attention seeking whore, you know. I mean, he really really needs the the approval. You know, he's an attention-seeking whore. Imagine, though, getting up at, like, they start at 2 o'clock in the morning. 2, 2 a.m., he starts rage-tweeting and uh, put out, like, 67 rage-tweets yesterday on Christmas Day. That's, you know, what? And then they have him at the Mar-a-Lago Christmas dinner, and he's there at a table with strangers, and like none of his family is there at all. And I mean, you wonder why, because he's fucking yelling all day about the election being stolen. Like he doesn't let it go for a fucking second. Does he say goodbye to Govs at all? No, he doesn't. I mean, because you think with all that rage, he would just just tell Govs goodbye. Well, maybe he never said uh, told Govs hello. Oh, that, that's true. Right. He never uh, welcomed him. Right. Uh, now, Govs has a um, New Year's Eve show coming up, too. Uh, at all three locations, New Year's Eve shows. I don't know. Do you, aside from performing on New Year's Eve, would, are you the kind of person who would go to a comedy club? What do you do on New Year's Eve? Like, let's make plans for New Year's Eve comedy club. Is that no, I, I don't like being around people on New Year's Eve. 
I, I maybe a couple of friends, a close friends. If I can, if I have any left at the end of the year, I will. So you're talking about Ron Kane. <laughs> and see, that's so nice that you keep calling him my friend. He, we don't, we don't really like each other. Ron, I, I beg you. Ron differ. just knows not. Ron just knows I'm no, loyal. Please, please let me differ. Please let me differ. I'm begging no. you to differ. Okay, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Since you begged, go ahead. Uh, differ. All right. I'll differ. I think Rod Kane loves you. I think he does. Uh, huh. oh no. <laughs> I mean, as hard as that might be for any normal person, uh, he seems to have genuine affection for you. Anyway, Willie's being, like, really quiet today. I think it's because he's trying not to fill the uh, uh, show with uh, stuff that will get us banned from YouTube. Oh, speaking of banned, my my wife and I watched... Um, banned? Uh, no. <laughs> Hank, Miss, um, Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics from South Park Season 3. Wow. Um, and... Now, there was some stuff on there that my wife goes, you know, you can't do that today. You can't do this. Um, like, Merry fucking Christmas, Mr. Hindu. <laughs> I, don't know how, I, don't know, I don't know how many people are familiar with it. It's it's just a lot of stuff that you cannot say today. Um, but I just enjoyed it. My wife and I were laughing the whole time, but then my wife kept saying, you know, we shouldn't be laughing at that. I said, yeah, we should. Um, let me just say, uh, one of that came up. What, what movie... Uh, that do you love? Name this one of these fucking social media things. Show a movie that you love that could not be made today. Gifts only, and it came up with uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy in Blazing Saddles, black guy. Oh, 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 Clavon Little. Clavon Little. I was I was gonna say that, and I, for some reason it sounded wrong. Anyway, they came up with the clip of him saying, "Where the white women at?" And I was like, "What well, we could we do that every fucking day?" Yeah, I say that. Yeah, I say that in public. Yeah, yeah. So I, just, be, I think you could still make that movie today, although. And that, it's funny because my wife, because my wife is white. If if we're in if we're in the supermarket, and and I don't know where she is, I'll walk up to a stranger and say, "Excuse me, have you see?" I said, "Where the white women at?" Why, I'm looking for my say wife. Woman, where the white woman yeah. at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do it all. The, yeah, I still do it. I and my wife. Begs me not to. Not the only thing difference. about that movie is you got a lot of white guys saying the N-word. Uh, I don't know a lot, but a couple of times in there. I don't. I think that probably would not be made today. Not that you couldn't, but I don't think it would. Uh, you know you know what the scene I think they would object to? Probably the campfire scene with the gas and the beans. That's what they would object to. That's <laughs> Cowboys don't fart like that. This and that. That's not a real representation of the way cowboys fart. We're not right. going to tilt one cheek to the side. That's yeah. ladylike. <laughs> yeah, who's this guy? Uh, Will, you're no, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding, Will. I can't hear you. I see your lips moving, so I don't know if you're actually talking. Oh, is that the case? No wonder he's being so quiet. Yeah, his lips are moving, but there's no sound coming out. So initially, I thought he was like doing what my cat does, which is yeah, watches let's... the birds and go like this. Your lips are moving, but all I hear is blah 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 blah. Well, just say something so we know we get a sound check. No, we got nothing. No, see, yeah. you turned it off. You got, it's probably your settings in the StreamYard app that you're selecting for your uh, blah, 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 audio interface. Now, audio. My, my wife likes to watch a Christmas story, that, that movie. She likes to watch that on Christmas Day. Um, I like to watch A Nightmare Before Christmas and Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics. And and now I actually I like to watch Die Hard now. 
That's Listen. a Christmas movie. That's a that is uh, one of the biggest arguments on social media. Is uh, Die Hard actually a Christmas movie? Um, no, we you still have yeah. nothing, Willie. If you have something, we'll let you know. When we hear you talk, you got to select uh, audio, whatever your whatever your input is. It was working so good. There's a series that my wife have been watching. My wife and I've been watching. I think it's on Netflix called "The Movies That Made Us." The movies and, that made us, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I we just finished watching the one on uh, Die Hard, which is why when it came on for Christmas, I wanted to watch it again because now I have all this knowledge of stuff that went on behind the scenes, and I'm looking for shit in the movie that they, they that like the mistakes that they made but didn't have time to fix mistakes. Yeah, they said like nobody's gonna notice that. They, you know, they they want to. Okay, you got like a, got an example that comes to mind? Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the very end of the movie, um, they have an. They said that we need an escape. Not. I'm sorry. They need. They go to escape and they have a. Uh, they uh, the ambulance comes out of the moving van at the very end, and that's how they're going to escape through the ambulance. That was a last minute thought. For them, they said, "Well, how are we going?" To, the, the people making the movie says, "Well, how are they going to escape?" And they said, "Well, they already well, there's a moving van there. They have a van. They have an ambulance in the moving van. Well, earlier in the movie, when you see them getting out of the van, you see a full shot of them coming out of the van. There's no ambulance in the van. So, so they're getting out. There's no ambulance, but all of a sudden, at the end of the movie, there's an ambulance. Wow, continuity. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I heard a little buzz. Uh, but I don't think where your mic is on. No? Am I not working? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're out. You're working now. Yeah. All right. All right. We went back old school. Um, I think during, you know, I took a mass media course in high school and we used to find uh, problems in movies or whatever. And um, I think it's, I think it's during Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Is there a scene where he's? I I don't remember it. I I remember it being a young uh, Paul Newman, um, and right. he's running handcuffed, and he runs into a bicyclist, somebody on a bicycle, right? And like, and as he's falling to the ground, like instead of like falling with his hands cuffed, he like brings his arms out and catches himself. I remember that. I don't. I'm not but sure. It might not be Sunday, and I'm pretty. I'm almost certain that it's. A Paul Newman clip. There's a bicycle scene in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, but he's not handcuffed in that. Uh, he's uh, they've already escaped, and he he sees the guy selling the bicycles, and then he buys one, and it shows up at uh, Catherine Ross, who is, ends up being Mrs. Sundance, shows up right. at her place. But he's never handcuffed in any of that. Well, I'll look I for that. And I, I could definitely be misremembering because I mean we're talking about fucking. Yeah. 27 years ago. Just for the record, right. Willie, everybody that was in that movie was younger then than they are now. No. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Willie, Willie says that Paul, Paul Newman was younger. Paul Newman was younger, but everybody else was still the same age as they are now. <laughs> yeah, no, but what I meant is that it was one of his young, like one of the movies from when he was younger, not yeah. in his later career. And every yeah. movie that we shoot is from when we were younger because... That was back I will, then. <laughs> I will say when I was growing up, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I do feel like I was definitely older than I should have been when I realized. You guys it. are in Hedberg territory. I just want to let you know people, that. The people just... didn't die 
in movies. Like I thought when people died in movies, they like really died. And so like the first time I saw somebody that had died in another movie, I like really freaked out. And my parents had to explain it to me. I used like, to do the, this with our television set to try to see what was down the rest of the way on the <laughs> when I was when I was about I don't know about, I was about four years old and I used, I was trying to keep saying if the, if the picture continued down like that and my mother kept saying don't get away from there you're gonna go blind and sterilize you know you can't sit that close to the TV set you know well she was right about the sterilize right uh, um as far as I know as far as I know right um. Yeah, the head the Hedberg bit is here's a photograph of me when I was younger. Every photograph is a photograph of you <laughs> when you were younger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do love Mr. Hedberg. Yeah. Yeah. Um the guy from Die Hard though, the reporter dude. Oh yeah, he's made a he's That's made Trump. a That's Trump. That well, Trump I'll say is he's that made guy. a career. He's made a career out of being the dick now. The dick. Yeah, yeah. The whiny little Fucking dick definitely the, if it bleeds, it leads. That's yeah, definitely he's, he's that done, guy. He's done that what in two of the Die Hard movies, maybe, and he's done it in um Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and, that's right. And I, like, I'm not sure if it was Weird Science, but one of those movies, like about uh, where he's a teacher mentoring kids. Yeah, he he was typecast as the dick, but yeah, he I, says he likes it now. He says he like. He says he really likes that. I think he probably is. That's his true personality, and he's not really <laughs> acting. He's yeah. just a dick. <laughs> we need a dick. Oh, I know. I got. I know who we call. You're the perfect guy. Who are you gonna call? Who we'll call a dick? <laughs> Jesse Kelly. You're familiar with that name? No, I don't think ne- so. Me neither. Are they related uh, to? Um, no, that's a different Kelly. I was thinking of R. Kelly. No, yeah, no, this is a white guy. Um, he said. Uh, He's on Twitter. He's one of these, uh, I don't know, MAGA people. Um, He says, people love to sound sophisticated and brag about European art and architecture. I've seen America's and and I've seen what they got. They can't touch ours. And then he posted a picture of the Statue of Liberty as an example of America. Oh, because everybody knows that. We got from France, bro. Yeah. Cell phone. I mean, you don't get a better cell phone like that. Yeah, look at they can't touch our <clears throat> like. They can't touch they, my Sony. And just to you know, today he needs lots of ointment in his ass because uh, Twitter is just ripping him apart. <laughs> like he is, <laughs> and you can't take something like that down because if you take that tweet down, everybody screenshotted already, and there, there's tons of screenshots of it, and they're just like. He's gonna be murdered until the next guy owns himself. In such yeah, a, a that's, sometimes I think there's like a little community of idiots who say, "Look, I I really fucked up. I put this out there. Can you be dumber than me for a minute?" Yeah. And, oh yeah, sure, sure. I'll yeah. What you need? What did you do? Well, I was I did the Statue of Liberty and said it was an American piece of no, you know. Okay, right. I got yeah, you. That, I got that could be a service you provide, GD. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if anyone would ever believe that I would be that stupid on purpose. On by, purpose, you know, by accident. Yeah, by accident is one thing, but be, if you can just do it on purpose, I think anybody could be stupid on purpose. Yeah, uh, for, yeah, yeah, do something for a price I could. For a price, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what for, I mean. I'm not. I'm not, well, I'm yeah, not sure you about. Can pay for services. I'm not talking about doing it for free. 
There oh, could okay. be, there could yeah. be a lucrative uh, business proposition yeah. in here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, now Rogan had a uh, classic cell phone last week, uh, where he was he pulled up a uh, he was in a conversation with his other dickhead, and he said about Biden. Uh, he said, "Did you hear what he said last week about um about the Revolutionary War and there weren't enough airports?" And he said, pulled up that clip, and he pulled up the clip, <laughs> and B Biden is actually making fun of Trump in this clip, but Rogan right. doesn't know that yet. And Aww. he's saying, "Man, if that if that's where you are as a president, you got to go. We can't have a president who is uh, actually believing there are uh, airports during the revolution." And his boy Jamie pulled up he said no that he's making fun of trump what trump said and then he pulled up the trump clip and then rogan is self-owned at that point but his reaction says all about his bias so, oh oh so trump said it no oh, he just messed up then like oh, one, one see, second you were just no talking good. about how biden needs to be put out to pasture for saying this yeah. and then when it comes down to your guy said it oh, yeah. oh, okay. oh no big deal yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so that was just the other day um and you know but you're right i think there should be a uh maybe maybe we can come up with a oh i gotta say bye to pbm tv bye P pbm tv you're off um yeah I, a service that you know have you said something stupid on uh <laughs> on social media that you wish people would forget about well we can make that happen and basically just come up with something really stupid to get people talking about something different so it's that anyway yeah. and uh, nothing if nothing else we could always do we could resort to the jeffrey tubin you know where we you know just somebody just masturbates somebody you know because that's jeffrey tubin you know he's back on the air i can't fucking believe that jeffrey tubin is, is an analyst is an analyst back on the a legal analyst back on the air right what if they couldn't find so if they couldn't find somebody else who's got the same qualifications who doesn't beat off on zoom that was uh, Tubin, right? Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, he was in a Zoom meeting, uh, full of CNN uh, pundits, and for some reason, just he claimed he didn't know his camera was still on, but just decided I'm going to beat off now. Yeah, uh, and they all saw him doing it. Now I don't. I think, first of all, you can't know your camera's not on. You can't. Uh, you yeah. know. You know. But camera on or off. <laughs> Why is this the time you're choosing? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, well, the thing is, we don't know which women, we don't know how hot the people were that he was looking that, at. No, again, that's <laughs> not what I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, it's like he's in a room. Uh, I'm, let's just say, for example, let's say instead of a cup of coffee, that was Kelly Bean Flicker. And she's looking at Willie for like an hour. Do you think she could do that? Without, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, not, and I'm not picking on her because it's a, I'm just saying it's a possibility. No, you know it's definitely a possibility. So, so, and, and and then the only thing is Kelly is not dumb enough to not, to not know that her camera is on. You can She'd see. She'd never put a camera on in the first place. But, but I'm saying, but you can see. How somebody would want to beat off in the moment like that. Um, no. I, that's it, but I, you can see that, that you're on camera. Like right now, I can look and I can tell yeah. that I'm on camera. Right. Well, <laughs> I just, Unless yeah, I'm being myself. Because he was at work. He's, he's at work. So I don't think work is really where you should be masturbating. Well, I, see, just, I don't care about work or not. But I just think, I just think, I don't think there's just some things I don't think you should be sharing in public. Right. I, um, I, 
from my own point of view here, I don't think anybody is hot enough to make me start beating off in the moment because they're just too hot to to let them go. Yeah, I get off too. Well, yeah. if, you didn't do it, if you didn't do it with um the uh what's her name the lady the lady oh the from... Polish chick yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. no, she wasn't even close to being uh, that hot. I, okay, she was well, very... what about the redhead that was um, the redhead that was the not former, even close to no. In my my uh, vision of super hotness, uh, they don't measure. First of all, okay. What about this? What about this, Matt? Wait a minute. What about oh my this? god! <laughs> oh my <laughs> no, god. no. <laughs> Man, what about this? Da, 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 da. We live in the old days, man. Here we go. This is we knew this day was coming. Flashback. I, I don't know. You guys have seen my coffee ads. I don't even think there's any of those chicks that I think are, you know, my, my vision of of hotness of women, uh, and so you know that's super, so hot, flaming hot that I wouldn't know what to do if I was standing in the same room. That has definitely changed as I got older. I mean, I don't. I know yeah, there are some sure smoking sure beauties. Yeah. If you had to name, like, the top supermodel, and you can't name your wife, but the most beautiful <laughs> woman in public, you know, property, public perception out there, movie stars, rock stars, and could you name one that is, like, just so fucking so smoking hot? In my day, it was Claudia Schiffer back in the 80s. Uh, David Copperfield married her, but she was, like, wow, you know fucking statue yeah i think uh i mean scarlett johansson's definitely up there i think she probably kind of old i i would i would i think she's smoking hot too but i think she's she's kind of aged she's probably right yeah 45 right i mean that's fair that's fair scarlett johansson how old is she although i did see a picture of her over the weekend that was no i mentioned i mentioned uh elizabeth early who's my almost my age and she she's 39 so i'm way off what did i say 45 she's 39 not that far off. She got, I can't, yeah. I can't but I think, I don't know. I mean, as I get older, the younger ones are far less in my attention. So, uh, Anna, I'm not even sure how you pronounce Anna De Armas. Anna De Armas, who's oh. now, she's like, she's probably in her 30s, but I think she's a stunning beauty now. Uh, I can't name any too many though. In like public perception, none of the pop stars. Like I don't think Taylor Swift is beautiful at all. I mean, I, I think she's well taken, pampered as far as, um, you know, manicure I mean, and like pop stars, I think Pink is probably the hottest out of all of them. But that's because she's got a little badass to her too, you know. Yeah, she's totally badass. But she's aged out now. To how old is Pink? Yeah, she's got to be in her forties, I bet, at least close. Right. Oh, they don't even. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get it. it's the color pink. Like, come on, uh, pink, pink, pink official website. Uh, Alicia Beth Moore, that's her, right? Yeah, yeah. How old? 1979. So that would make it like 44, 44 years old. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the young, you know, beautiful. Starlets are these days. Yeah, Anna Kornikova in the day, she was definitely one of them. Probably an ugly dog. Oh, but no, she probably didn't age well, right? Probably. <laughs> probably got fat. You think? I don't no know. Idea. Anyway, uh, 
as I mentioned, tomorrow's no guests. Uh, so I'm going to want be wanting to do a recap, which means a year recap, year in review, which means I have to actually do some homework today. A year in review or a year in review? Because a year in review could be a... Um... A rear end review. A rear end review. Yeah. A rear end review. It was like a colonoscopy. Both of you guys, I want you to put your asses up to the cameras tomorrow, and I will get a long tube to connect your asses, and you can shit into each other. We're gonna we're gonna boof each other. I I don't know. There's a term. There's a term for that. There's Boofing. Yeah. Um. And, and, yeah. Hang on. Let me look up what uh <laughs> what the exact definition is. But boofing. Let that me, doesn't uh, even sound pop. If you have that's like. No, this is the real thing. Hang on, hang on. I'm getting it. Boofing meaning. Boofing. Um. Boofing is slang for anal sex. A term that can also be used to refer to the practice of putting alcohol or drugs up one's butt to get intoxicated. Boofing. You know, I saw, I did see uh, some porn where the guy where they were putting ketchup in a woman's behind and then she would put, excrete the ketchup back onto french fries and the guy would eat it. Um, Are you okay? <laughs> I'm not gonna be okay ever again. <laughs> Why did you have to say that? Why? And the thing is, I have never been open. I have not been able to <laughs> I'm about to stun gun myself to see if I can kill some memory cells. I have not been able to unsee that. Yeah, but now neither am I able to unsee. And the thing is, the first time I, when I saw it, I was at, I used to work for a company called um, Comcast. And some guy, a white guy, brought this tape in. He goes, you've got to see this. Like what is it? You can just watch this. Dude, that's a, I just when did you bury that? Close my eyes when somebody says that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah, that guy no, would no. be dead. I would kill that guy. You just got to see this, and then he showed me that. <laughs> yeah, he goes, "You get, you got to see this," and he shows it to us. And it's not like that. He goes, "Watch this more," and she just like, <laughs> <laughs> you no. Know? But it's basically. Women putting ketchup in their behinds and squirting it back. All right, we heard fries. it the first time. <laughs> yeah, but this time it's with salt and pepper on the fries. First time the fries didn't have salt and pepper. Oh, so, I mean, you know, them being properly seasoned is important, I got to say. Yeah. I'm not well. I'm not well. I gotta, <laughs> oh God, I'm going to have to sign off here. I'm serious. You <laughs> fucked me up, man. I, I'm never going to forgive you for this. Uh, that's very bad. Very I bad. can't... I can't believe that none of you have ever seen that. This is, I, I, I haven't worked, I have not worked at Comcast. I have not worked there since, uh, gosh, like almost 30 years ago. I have not watched porn. Over since, 30 years ago. I have and, not watched porn since before pubic hair started getting, well, no, that's not true. I've seen porn, but I have not watched <laughs> it. I have not actually watched a porn since, since pubic hair became, non-existent or whatever shaved down to the point of non-existent well, uh, but I, no, I agree with you nobody I watched nobody it, would catch up anal sex somebody at work somebody at work says i got a video that you got to see this and they don't prep you for it they just say you got to see this and you're then watching. they would be murdered and i would be put away in a place where where it doesn't matter if i'm puking all day uh <laughs> 
The first, yeah. not, and I, now, Matt, I can understand why you may not have seen it. I just can't believe that Willie hadn't seen it. Willie's yeah, in I it. Haven't, I haven't seen that in particular. I've seen some similar vein type stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, bring a whole new different uh, uh, perspective to Heinz. Fifty-seven <laughs> different flavors. Fifty-seven. Right. Uh, Heinz. Well, that's the difference between ketchup yeah. and catsup. That's the difference between ketchup and catsup. Wow. Catsup is well. Well, now you know the difference when you All buy right. it at the store. Let's let's get out of here. Let's get out of here because I'm really too think I have to go puke. Anyway, we'll look at what to do. And I'll yeah. see if I can find that clip and put it on um <laughs> Happy Boxing Day, happy Kwanzaa, happy uh If anybody out there finds that clip, please send it to us. No. <laughs> do not do not send anything that w- w- would be a, you know fuck up my search history or any of that kind of stuff. Well, browser history, any of that stuff. Don't send anything. Okay. All right. I'm letting you guys go. Bye for now. Wait. Bye for now. Bye for now. All right. I'm getting out of here. Go turn on your radio. Uh, Steph K, uh, if you're in Jersey, uh, Saturday night up by the Meadowlands, uh, Sunday night down by Philly, uh, check her out. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the program. Hope you come back tomorrow for our year-end review our rear end review our year end rear end review uh until then don't forget to turn on your radio bye for now
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.